All right. We did the first part of Ephesians. We're going to start in the second part. I'm going to start, kind of overlap it, and we're going to start in a chapter, of verse 11. There's a lot of commentary, and I'm going to honestly skip most of it because it's a lot. And it's something, if you did the reading, you did the, uh, you, you can you can see it. You can read it yourself. And it's great stuff. I mean, the commentary is always just great stuff, but it's for the sake of time. And so anyway, for you who have some new people on here, I just basically read it, try to bring out some points is all I do. And, you know, hopefully the spirit of God just enlightens your your mind with some different thoughts when you hear it differently, sometimes reading it, hearing it from other people and, and just actually someone kind of talking about it sometimes highlights points that we don't see. And, you know, God wants to give you revelations, right? And wants to speak to you now. And that's what the great part is. Okay. Verse 11. <clears throat> I love this. This is how we fit into God's picture. Christ is the measure of your portion. He is the measure, the exact measure. We are in him, invented, and defined in him. And I like to confess the scripture to, to myself because it, to me, it just rings alive and I just get such joy. Say this, I am Christ's measure. I am in him and I'm invented in him and I'm defined in him. Remember, he's the son of God, the son of man, and so are you. Second Corinthians 3.18, which we quote all the time, and actually it's part of the commentary, says, as with unveiled face, Moses went up to the mountain, and the law veiled his face. He came down, and now us, with unveiled faces, we feel Christ in a, as in a mirror, see the, ourselves as the glory of the Lord. Christ is an example for us, or excuse me, of us, not for us. He's the Son of God, Son of Man. God is incarnate in his flesh. He's incarnate in you right now. The whole Godhead dwells in you. You're the temple of the living God. God's blueprint intention is not exhibited in him. Just said the scripture, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Everything he accomplishes. I love that. Everything he accomplishes. Who's doing all the accomplishing? He is. Are we? No. We are just co-heirs with Christ. We're receiving all that God has done through Christ. God's the one that did it all. That's the best part. Everything he accomplishes is inspired. I love this. By the energy intent of his affection. His affection. Affection for you. He's so in love with you. All right. Now we're, I think we did 12 last time too, but it doesn't matter. Now listen to Paul. Now remember, Paul's a Jew and he is the apostle to the Gentiles. Peter's the apostle to the Jews, remember? Peter will go to the Jews and John and I will go to the Gentiles. It was our initial privilege as Jews to cherish the messianic hope. Our lives in Christ, our lives in Christ were destined to prophetically promote the celebration of his glorious plan with who? Mankind. Now, just imagine that Peter wouldn't have had his, his uh, encounter with Cornelius and them, the power of God falling on them and the Holy Spirit, and Paul having the great revelation that the, in, that the Gentiles, we maybe there's some Jewish people on here, but the Gentiles are equally included. They could have held that to themselves, but they were proclaiming the prophetic plan that God included all mankind. Whew. You now, you Gentiles also have what discovered yourselves to be what equally included in him, having witnessed the unveiling of the logic of God, which is what the incarnation. Christ is not an example for you, he's an example of you. He is the word of God, he is the message, and he's again incarnate in Christ, and he's now incarnate in you. You are the body of Christ. You go like this and just pinch yourself, 
you're his body. You're his actual body. You, your flesh is his body. You singly and you corporately are the body of Christ. He lives in you. You are his temple. You're not going to be. He was already present in you. You just didn't realize it. Paul says in Galatians, the first chapter, the 15th verse, when Christ saw fit to do what? Reveal Christ in me. He was already in them, even though he was persecuting other believers. Christ was already there. He just had the illumination of the reality. All right. Your salvation is publicly announced. By who? By these, by Paul and Peter and everybody else. <clears throat> Excuse me. Consistent with the promise of God. I love this. The Holy Spirit is gives a guarantee. Do you like guarantees? The Holy Spirit gives a guarantee. I mean, there's no going back on it. A guarantee to the fact of your faith. And your faith has been given to you as a measure by Christ. Nothing comes from you. It comes from him. He's the author and the perfecter of faith. You've been given a measure of faith. His faith. Big measure. Like the stamp of a signet ring that certifies a document. You are in him. In other words, the signet ring had a little symbol on it. And what was it for? It was to, I love this. I just read it up. Authenticate documents and to mark ownership. Say, I'm owned by the Father, Father, Son, Spirit. Back later, we're going to read that we're actually their inheritance. Woo! All right, verse 14, I love this. The Holy Spirit is our tangible link to what? The inheritance that was ransomed and preserved for us. An inheritance, you got like inheritances? Remember in the, I think it's the Hebrews, the ninth chapter, it says, you know, inheritance doesn't, you know, the a will and testament doesn't go into effect till somebody dies, but somebody has died. The tester has died, his name is Christ. And then over in Romans, the 14th chapter says, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we're children. That's, our, that's who we are, and we are co-inheritors. So if you're thinking you're getting more because you're pushing up the tree of all these works, you get everything. I don't know what else you can get than everything because you simply receive it. God's glorious plan for mankind is, I love this, is the theme of the celebration. You want to celebrate? I have a celebration. We should be having a celebration. And it's his glorious plan. What's his glorious plan? to dwell in us and among us and be our God. And he is our people and he's sanctified us, made us holy, made us righteous, forgiven every sin, past, present, future. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away what? The sin of the world. Hebrews 8, the new new covenant says, your sins I will what? Remember no more. Hebrews 10, 14, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected you, past, present, and future. Sin has been dealt with. This, I quote this scripture every time, but I have to quote it again. Hebrews 1, 3, the very end of the verse. When he had, Christ, accomplished, past tense, the riddance of sin and guilt for all time, he sat down. Just like in Genesis, work finished. He, he's not tired. There's just nothing else to do. Last thing he said on the cross is, it is finished. He has accomplished it. You don't need to accomplish it. He has done it for you. Have faith in what he believes happened on the cross. All right, verse 15. I, oh, no, actually, I'm going to just read 1 Peter 1, 3. Uh, 1 Peter 1, and then verses 3 through 5, I just thought, because it talks about the inheritance being reserved, so good correlation. So anyway, I love this. Let us celebrate God and Father, both of them, of our Lord Jesus Christ with articulate acclaim, because there's three in one, remember? Father, Son, Spirit. According to his matchless mercy, according, I love this, according to his matchless mercy and his tender compassion he birthed you and me 
when Jesus was raised from the dead. So if anybody asks you, are you born again? You say, yeah, when? 2,000 years ago. It says you're born from above. You're born again when Jesus was raised from the dead. Not when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord. When he was raised from the dead. We were, I love this, well, Francois puts it, we were rebooted to, the, to live the authentic life of our design. What do you do in a computer? It's all going crazy. And you, you know, if you're a computer now, which I'm not, you know, you can change all the settings. But then when you reboot it, it goes back to the original setting. You and I have been rebooted back to our originalists like Adam. That's what God believes. We were rebooted to live the authentic life of our design. Who did it? He did. He's the one that turned your computer off and turned it back on. Put restart. While participating in what? A living hope, witnessing the Father's expectations of the age unfold where? In us. He's revealing his expectations, what he accomplished in us. We are reintroduced to what? An imperishable, imperishable, imperishable inheritance. Say, I'm introduced to my inheritance, which is imperishable, which has been flawlessly preserved for me in the heavenly realm. Woo! Where neither Adam's fall nor mankind's failure to justify themselves could possibly contaminate, discredit, or diminish the original portion of our true sonship. That's, and that's part of the inheritance, our sonship, realized in Christ Jesus. Now remember, it's not for the sweet by and by. Every, you know, everybody, oh, I'm doing good works. So going to go to heaven someday. You know, Jesus came here. Jesus, Jesus is God's happy spot to live in you. That's what he, he's so delighted to live in you. The kingdom of God is in you and all around you right now, whether you believe it or not. Heaven is living in you. Paradise is in you now. Not someday. I mean, I know we're going to you know, shed the earth suit and be in a different realm, but he came here. And he hasn't left. Maybe his flesh body left, but he is not left. He is filled all in all with himself. We're going to read that in a little bit. Five, your legitimate inheritance. Say, my legitimate inheritance is guarded all along by God's belief in me to be fully unveiled in the conclusion of time as the perfect solution to mankind's predicament, which was a mess. And you know, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, let's get back to the Ephesians 15. He says, I'm sure you can appreciate how the news of your faith and love greatly inspires me, Paul says. It, the news of your faith and love greatly inspires me. Now think about this. Have you ever thought about the fact that the Apostle Paul and Peter and a few others, Matthew, and wrote stuff, stuff in a book inspired by the Holy Spirit by God, and it's still bearing fruit today? Isn't that amazing? I mean, Francois has got the best, in my opinion, the best rendition of it. The one most life-giving, no distance and delay, about the redemption of God redeeming our image and likeness now. But these boys, you know it's God because it's bearing fruit today. It's changing lives today. It says 16, I'm so happy for you. My thoughts and prayers are full of you. And I bet you Paul is his thoughts and prayers for all the people that even were going to live later. For us. Anyway, verse 17. I desire that you will draw directly from the source. Say, I'm to draw directly from the source. Okay, who's the source? The God whom our Lord Jesus Christ exhibits as the Father of glory. He is the source. 
you know, it's interesting. And John talks, ask him my name and I'll give it to you. You know, later on, you don't even ask him my name. You can go directly to the father. Ask the father. He's the source. I love this. The father of glory who does what? Who kindles within us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. See, God is, the father's kindling me, just like kindling members like a fire. Within me, the spirit of wisdom or clarity, Sophia, or revelation to reveal that which was hidden about what? The unveiling of their, their father, son, spirit, master plan, which was to include you in the Trinity. I said this last week, you know, the thing in the wedding, people go, oh, the uh, son will leave the father, mother, and cleave to the wife and become one flesh, right? In the Old Testament, Ruach is spirit's feminine. In Greek, it's neutral. It's not he, even though they put that in the Bible. Aramaic, it's feminine. So you got the father and the spirit is a she, and he got a son, and he cleaves to his wife, which is us, and we all become one in the Trinity. Woo! By the way, this is a rabbit trail, but in Luke 15, it says, I love this. It says the, just, just for the fun note, you can go read it. In Luke 15, it talks about, uh, he says, the tax collectors and notoriously wicked sinners were coming out to hear what Jesus had to say, and the Pharisees were PO'd. And so he tells three parables. He tells one about the good shepherd who leaves the 99. He tells about the the woman who lost the coin and celebrates with, and, she, and, this, and then the prodigal son, about the father. So you, guess what? You got the whole trinity there. You got the shepherd, Jesus. You got the father, the father, and you got the woman, the Holy Spirit. The whole trinity is in that chapter 15. Go read it. Isn't that cool? Anyway, that's their master plan is to make you one with them and have a family. Familia for Ileana, if I said familia for in Spanish. No, I crucified it, but that's okay. It says, I long for you to know by, by revelation, who gives us revelation, the spirit of God, what God has known about you all along. He's known the real you. He's known the real you, the image and likeness bearer. That never changed. You were always an image and likeness bearer. Even Adam was. Even when he walked out of the garden, he was still an image bearer of Elohim. He just had his mind corrupted by the tree. Trying to be like God, which he already was. Say, I am a little God. So it says that in John the 10th, Romans the 10th, John the 10th chapter. I'm, that's what makes you godly. You have a godly nature. I do. Well, how come I don't make so many mistakes? Well, because sometimes we don't believe right. And the more we understand who, what God believes to be true about us in the death and resurrection, how we are so included in his death, his resurrection, his ascension. We start seeing ourselves, and then which brings about that union of a relationship and that romance. And I don't know, but I'm sure most of you had a good romance and fell in love with somebody. I bet your actions changed, didn't they? Your desires changed. You ditched your friends. You wanted to talk to the other person all the time. You, if you're my age, we didn't have cell phones. We had one phone in the house. We drove our parents crazy. Get off the phone with that girl. Uh-uh. And, and that's, and just remember the law is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when we start living by the law, we start having condemnation and shame. And then we separate ourselves from God. God doesn't separate himself from us. And we fall out of the romance. That's the problem. Simple. Anyway, let's see. I'm going to jump down to verse 17. I might even, 
bring a little amplified in today because I just love this part of it. So verse 18. Now this is crazy. Now with eyes of our innermost mind, our innermost mind illuminated light, you may fully say, I may fully grasp the fact that I am the pleasure of God's light. Say I am the pleasure of God's light and God has given me the illumination. So I understand that I am the pleasure of God's delight. I am there. Remember, there is the Father, Son, Spirit. Their dream come true. Say, I'm their dream come true. I'm the pleasure of their delight. And I'm defined in the incarnate Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. 1 John 4, 17. As he is, so am I. Except for we're not the King of kings and Lord of lords. What God possesses, listen, possesses, has, in your redeemed innocence, is their treasure. Say, I am possessed by God, and I'm their treasure, and I'm the glorious trophy of their inheritance. They inherited me. Whoa. I inherited everything. Remember, Jesus is in the Father, Son, Spirit, but it says Christ is creator, and he created all things. Then he came down to do what? Inherited on our behalf, and we're co-inheritors. And what does he get? He gets you. You're in his inheritance. That's how important you are. You're his treasure. You are God's portion. Selah. Calmly think of that. Say, I am God's pleasure. Portion, excuse me. Uh, the sum total of their assets and the measure of their wealth. You and I and everybody else is the measure of their wealth. He loves you. He treasures you. He has redeemed you, made you holy, forgiven, forgiven every sin, past, present, and future. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's made you righteous. You don't need to get holy. You are holy. You don't need to get righteous. You are righteous. You don't you need to get sinless. You are sinless. Well, how come I make mistakes? Because I sometimes think about the wrong tree. And sin, not going to define it. It's not your actions. But that's a different story. So if you got offended by that, send me a message and I'll explain what sin is. Okay. Down here, it, in, under number seven in the commentary, it's read, for the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. Remember, the Jews and that system was the shadow system, what he was going to do through all humanity in the cosmos. All right. Verse 19. This is cool. I Now, Think about this. A lot of things that go on in scripture are external, physical things to show us what happened in the invisible realm. And this is part of that. Remember, it says we've got, well, I'm going to just read it, uh, the third chat, the third verse. Uh, Let's celebrate God. He lavished every, he lavished, means spilled out, even wastefully. Every blessing heaven has upon us in Christ. Present tense, not someday, now. And, and you think, well, what about it? Remember, Abraham, I, I said, I love this verse. Romans 4.19 says, Abraham finally figured out that no contribution of the flesh could, could bring the promise about. No contribution on your side. You just have to thank him, believe, and just receive it and walk in, walk in total rest. So this is something, verse 19 He's starting to show us what happened to us. 
That's how this rolls into the next chapter. What happened invisibly when he demonstrated visibly in Christ. Ready? I pray that you would be overwhelmed with the unequaled greatness of his and magnitude of his power. So we're talking about power here. The magnitude and greatness of his power, which is unequaled, and we're to be overwhelmed by it, which he wrought or worked in Christ. This is the conclusion and the power dynamic of faith. I'm just going to read verse 19 in the Amplified, because sometimes it's, it's the message that counts, right? Not necessarily. It says, and, let's see. I'm just going to read verse 18 and 19 in the, in the mirror. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand which, uh, the hope from which he called you and how rich is his glory and inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe as he demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength in Christ. He's, he's showing us a demonstration of the power his power as he worked in Jesus Christ, unequaled, the magnitude you'd be overwhelmed with, and we hopefully we're hopefully I can present it good enough so we'll be overwhelmed. So you got that. So verse twenty, do you want to or do you want to measure the mind and the muscle of God? You want to measure it? Consider the force which he won unleashed in Jesus Christ when he did what raised him from the dead. Now, I've thought about this. I've read the scripture for many years and just love this. You know, there are other people that are raised from the dead in the Bible. He's not the only one. He raised a couple of people from the dead. In the Old Testament, there's a few people that are raised from the dead. But think about Jesus. Remember in uh, Romans 4, 25, he says, he died because of your sin. He's got the whole condemnation, the judgment of the world, the sin of the world. And that's the state he's in. And God unleashed his power. He, he, the whole thing is a demonstration to show you what he's doing in you. He says, what, consider the force which he unleashed in Christ when he raised Christ from the dead. And did what? Well, that's pretty impressive. He raised him from the dead. Wow. And then after that, what did he do? And forever, forever did what? Seated him enthroned as executive authority. Page number two. In the realm of the heavens. Jesus is God's right hand of power. In other words, later on it says, it says about he was the lowest of the lowest. He went into the deepest despair. We're going to read it, but it's good to say it here. The deepest despair of human despair. And what did God do? He unleashed his power and raised him from the dead. And then he looked at it and said, that's not good enough. Let's just raise him up next to myself and make him all in all and the right hand of power of the executive God. That's what he did. And he's, he's done the same thing to you, by the way. He was raised up from where? The deepest dungeons of human despair. That's where he was at. Lower than most of us. To what? The highest regions of heavenly bliss. Remember, the idea is here so that we can be overwhelmed with the magnitude and the power of his glory. How he unleashed it in Christ. Second chapter says he did the same thing to you. We necessarily don't see it. So he's demonstrated in Christ. What else did he do? He raised him infinitely. How infinitely? Unmeasurably. 
above all the combined forces of rule, authority, and dominion of governments. All the power, any power anywhere in the world, any spiritual being, he's infinitely above that combined in, in glory and power. He is ranked superior to any name that could ever be given to anyone of this age. So he made his name the greatest name or any age still to come in the eternal future. In other words, his name is high. His power is unlimited. He was raised from the dead. He is God. He's seated face to face with the father. His state was dead. The lowest despair loaded down with the sins of humanity. And he's doing, he's, and Paul's pointing this out so you will understand the power that's working in you. I want you to see this. Verse 22. I want you to see this. I'll do the Bill Johnson thing, long pause. That guy's a great orator. I want you to see this. Now listen, look at all he's done so far. Raised him from the death, dead, from the deepest despair. Made him the executive of the word of power, the right hand of God. Infinitely beyond any power anybody has, a name above every name. He subject all these powers under his feet. All the powers under his feet. He towers head and shoulders above everything. He is the head, period. He is the head. Now listen to this. The ecclesia, which of course is the church, is his body. You are his body, individually and collectively. He lives in you. He is incarnate in your flesh. Father, Son, Spirit, the fullness of the God has dwell in you now in bodily form. You are that bodily form. The completeness of his being that fills all in all. Say the completeness of his being that fills me and everybody else. God cannot make himself more visible or exhibit himself more accurately. And because I'm an impatient human being, that's one of the fruits of the spirit I do not possess. Sometimes, thankfully, I'm teasing. I'm just going to read verse 2 in the Amplified. And you, when you, and you, he made alive when you were dead by your trespasses and sins. Whoa. And I'm just going to, I'm just, I know we're going to read this next week, but you see, he's, she's showing you as you understand what happened to you as he demonstrated in Christ. Verse four is amplified to or chapter two, verse four, but God so rich is he in his mercy because of in order to satisfy the great and wonderful intense love, which he has loved you. Even when you were dead in your shortcom shortcomings and trespasses, he made you alive together with Christ in union with Christ, gave you the new life, the same life Christ has now. And he raised you up with Christ and gave you heavenly seating. He did all that. That's what he's trying to get you to, to show you, that great power. So, Selah, pause and calmly think of that. Anyway, that was fun. And the end. <laughs>